0: Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au.
1: Good morning. My name is Linda. I've been coming to Creekside for about three years now, and I'm married to Jeff, who's um, at home this morning with two sick boys. Um, This morning's reading is from Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. The title is Made Alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do.
0: Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hope you're going really well. My name's Michael. Um, I used to be a teacher at Mueller College a few years ago, but for the last couple of years I've been leading the teaching and learning department at Independent Schools Queensland. Um, I have four children who are all sitting in at church today to listen to me talk, so I'll try to be extra funny and interesting. Um, otherwise, they might scream and shout, and you'll just have to put up with that. Um, but what my role mostly is these days is I go visiting uh, independent schools all over the state, meeting with their uh, middle leaders. Um, and help them come up with ways that they can improve the teachers in their own context. I mean, that's very boring, I'm sure. But there you go. That's who I am. I'm not here to talk about me, though. I'm here to talk about God stuff, because we all showed up for church today. So well done. You made it. Um, and the way I'm going to begin is I'm going to talk about chickens. Does anyone here have a chicken? A couple of people have chickens. Yes, well done. If you don't have a chicken, and you know your partner was saying we should get a chicken, I should endorse that now as a good decision. Getting chickens is fun. We have two brown ones here. I tried to convince my kids um, to call them satay and butter, but they didn't think it was appropriate to call them things that we eat. So we, instead, they've landed on Fifi and Eggy. Um, and the one on the, the left there um, that's kind of looking at us very angry, that's the top of the pecking order chicken. Uh, she's the boss. She runs the show. She's the biggest. She looks quite nice and has got a good comb and all those things. And, and she is really, you know, owning it. But quite recently, we decided... We like chickens so much it was time to buy a third chicken. So we had two brown ones. We thought, well, let's get a third one, and we'll get a nice one because we got the two boring brown ones. Let's get a really nice one. And so we've got the nice one on the right. Um, that's inside a carry, like a cat carry thing because that's how I carried the chicken home, the inside of a cat thing. It was kind of a weird experience. Bought her off some lady in caboolture. Um, so there you go. Um, and the kids named that, that one Checkers. Checkers. Um, And so I'm I'm not an animal person, I'm not a farm person, I don't know how to introduce a new chicken into a flock. That's a whole new experience for me. So I just kind of guessed what would work and so I thought, well, let's just let them free range for a few days and hopefully they'll have enough space between each other and so things will be okay. Because I figured that there's going to be a fight at some point between the chickens but if they're able to run away from each other, things will be okay. Okay. Um, and so that, the first day went fine. I kind of just went around and messed up the garden, as the chickens do. And um, then I, I went I went fishing, because um, that's what I do. And then I came back at night time, thought I'd better put the chickens to bed. And it would have been like 8.30 sort of time. And I thought, okay, two of the chickens are already in bed, but the new one doesn't know where bed is yet, so where the heck is this chicken? And so I'm looking through the backyard. I, I, it had been spending most of the time hiding behind a tree, so I figured it would be there, but it wasn't behind the tree. I thought, maybe it's climbed up the tree, so I'm looking. No, it's not up the tree. I'm like, I spent 50 bucks on this chicken, and I've lost it on the first day. And I don't know how you go and, sit and say, sorry, I need another chicken. The other one disappeared because I was fishing. So we thought, no, no I'm, I'm going to find this stinking chicken, right? So I'm searching through every possible place I think a chicken could go. Um, looking in between the plants looking inside the swing set i think this chicken's probably escaped the yard oh, okay so open the gate and start this is 8:30 at night start searching around the house looking for a chicken and we've got the mobile phone torches out and i'll told back what are you doing i'm like i've lost the chicken let's go find the chicken at that exact same moment my children come home from being with their grandparents and they're like what are you doing dad i'm like oh, i've lost the chicken Weeping, absolute tears. You have lost, like, I'm the worst father ever. It's like one of our children has gone missing. So they're crying on the driveway while my wife and I are searching through, looking for this lost chicken. And we're going into, like, our front yard and looking through the garden. And we like, oh, maybe it's gone to the neighbor's yard. So we're walking over to the front yard of the neighbours with a torch Going, on. I'm thinking, oh, oh, how the heck are we ever going to find this at night time? Peering into the garden, we're getting quite close to pe- people's fences. thinking this is going to be looking a bit weird, but when they come and ask what the heck we're doing, we'll just say we're looking for a chicken, and they'll be fine with it, right? Like, who's going to be against looking for chickens? That's, that would be mean. So we're looking everywhere, and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do? I know there's that thing on Facebook. I don't know if you've got these in Narangba or Morefield called like it's called Marumba Downs Watch. Where you put, if you've seen a helicopter, you put. I saw a helicopter, right? That seems to be the only thing that people put on those. Or I've heard a gunshot. I see. Someone says they reckon they've heard a gunshot on this. So well, I thought I'll put on there. I've lost my chicken. Anyone seen a chicken? And I go on there, and this is dead set true, right? It's, there's a thing that says suspicious activity seen on Warrego Crescent, which is where we live. People with torches looking in someone's house. I'm like, I well, think we're thieves. Like. So I'm like, how on earth am I supposed to craft a message that says, don't worry about the people looking in the yards with the torches. That's me. I'm looking for my chicken. Can you please help? So I'm busily thinking, how the heck am I going to say this in Facebook land that's not going to sound like I'm a weirdo, like peeping into other people's houses? And then I, before I can think of anything else, I just go outside. And i go to switch the light off. And there above the light is the chicken um, sitting on this bench. <laughs> I don't know how the heck it got up so high. And this, this has been, that's not where it was found, by the way. That's where she's spent the last few days. So that's the chicken coop. She's decided that that's where she belongs. She hasn't been lost. And what this story shows for me is that when it comes to chickens, fitting in is hard. When you introduce a new chicken into a flock, it's hard for the chicken to fit in. It's hard for all of us to fit in. Humans find it hard to fit in. Kids, I remember I was a teenager once, I would spend like not much time on homework but I would spend an awful lot of time trying to figure out how to fit in. In fact, I went through this phase in my late teens and early 20s, if you can go to the next slide, where I decided I would become a punk rocker. And I literally changed my whole wardrobe. I learned how to play guitar. I learned, I bought different CDs. I would spend a lot of my time trying to figure out how to fit in. You don't need to tell people... Please spend time fitting in because people seem to do that without any effort because they want to because people really, really want to fit in. People go to any lengths trying to fit in and try and find a community where they can fit because we all want that, right? Chickens want to fit in, otherwise they'll go rogue. People want to fit in, they'll wear crazy clothes if that helps them fit in better. And you, yourselves, thought, you know what? I'm going to try and get to church today. And you, when you got up in the morning, thought, okay, which section of the wardrobe is the church clothes section? Because I'm going to go and fit in today, right? And we all have this particular clothes that we think fitting in at church appropriate clothes. Some of you tried harder than others, just scanning the room. <laughs> but fitting in at church can be hard, right? I mean, we can, I, I remember most mornings for us as a family, it's a mission. I was supposed to be here at 9.15. I got here at 9.30 because we're trying to get ready and I forgot to print a thing and I'm doing all the things to try and make the thing work and the chickens haven't been fed and we're fluffing around trying to sort it all out. And I think, oh, just before I go, I'll quickly have a look on my Facebook, because I'm sure everyone else is having such difficulty trying to get their family ready for church in the morning. And I see this photo on Facebook saying, just getting ready for church this morning, hashtag love Jesus. Oh, like, I mean, come off it. What the heck? Well, this, is, yeah, right. Yeah, thank you very much. Today, we've been going through this. I see the signs, rhythms of renewal. We're going through a series up to part three about being with his people. This is his people. We're going to talk about fitting in with his people. We just read a pa- oh, I didn't. Linda just read us a passage. Uh, Talking about how we're all sinners who fell short, but God saved us by His grace. You can see the verse up there, next slide for me. All of us, like it's talking about, all Christians here all have these unifying things, right? We should be able to fit in real easy because all of this is common to all of us, right? But then the next section, straight after that, that starts with the word therefore, and then it goes on, and we're going to talk about this chunk today about why it is or what's going on with not fitting in at church. Why is it that people seem to have to put in so much effort to fit in at church? What is the go with that? I'll tell you, you might have struggled that this morning. There might be your partner who didn't come or your kids who didn't come today because they just couldn't find a way to fit in today. And so they lost the battle today and they stayed home. All of us, we go through that challenge every Sunday thinking, can I be stuffed getting up and doing all the things so I can get... To church. And that was not something that was is unique to us. This was happening in the ancient world as well. When Jesus showed up and did his Jesus thing, one of the crazy things that he did was revolutionary at the time. He said, Hey, you original followers of God, they're a racial group called the Jews or the Hebrews or the Israelites. You might hear those all words, they're basically the same people. You have been following me for ages, and now I'm going to introduce my faith of Christianity and all the other people can join in too. So all those, we, they call them Gentiles. They can become part of this. They can come to church too. And for the Jewish people, they're like, oh, that's great. Can they go to their own church? Or oh, they'll have to come to our church. Um, can, they st- can we separ- put them in a separate section where just they will go? And so us who've always been doing this, we can keep doing our thing. But these new people, they'll they just have to go on in this special spot. Like, like quite literally not just like oh so kind of socially we excluded them no no we're going to actually exclude them so this is what their church looked like i've got a picture here of the jewish temple i mean one of the first things that you strike but this is a church right gosh there's a lot of walls at this church isn't there? No, like the way we try and do we try and be very open plan in our design of churches these days, and we make the doors as big as possible back then no we put walls And if you were not a Jewish person, these were the only places you're allowed to go. They called it the court of the Gentiles. Gentiles was the name given to non-Jewish people. That's the places you could go. And you can see that middle bit, which is kind of cool looking, right? And there's that more open one closer to us, and then, then there's that tower at the back. If you were a woman, you could only go into that first one. You couldn't go into the next one. So this, the whole design of the church at this point in history was about exclusion. You could, if you were not Jewish, you could only go this far. If you were not a male, you could only go this far. And we're just going to put walls around everything so no one's confused. We're going to literally put walls in the church and say where people can go. We're going to make it really hard for people to fit in. In fact, we're going to make it really obvious when you don't by forcing you to go to a certain area. This is what was going on at the time. And then Jesus says, everyone can come to church now. And I was like, can they go to their own church? No. But what if they look different? So? What if they come in? I mean, if, think of the Jewish style of religion, right? Like it's, so it's like sacrificial rites. There's a lot of purity ceremonies, people wearing robes. And then suddenly this pagan dude shows up. it has got tattoos, probably smells like bacon. And he comes in, and everyone's like, we're supposed to let this guy in? And Jesus is like, well, yeah. Because, and this is what this passage in Ephesians talks about. Can I go to the next slide? So Jesus came, and he preached peace to both those who were far away and those who were near. So Jewish people are the near group, right? They're close to this whole thing already. And there's a whole bunch of people who never really heard of this thing before. And he's saying, yeah, I'm preaching to them as well. For through Jesus, that is, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And it goes on further. Next slide for me, please. The passage that just preceded, it says, For Jesus is our peace and has made the two groups one. And this isn't a metaphor here. This is really trying to say, this is what we're literally trying to do, right? And destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall Of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. In a sense, when we think of what the ancient church buildings looked like, Jesus comes in and Jesus is a wrecking ball to the walls of the old church style. He's coming in saying, We're banging the walls down because everyone is allowed to come to this sort of church. Do you, you know, do you drink alcohol or not drink alcohol? Yes, you can come. Do you have tattoos or not tattoos? Yes, no, you can come. Do you listen to good music or country music? Yes, you can come. What are your views on evolution, on prophecy, on tongues? Oh, look, they're important things, but can you come to church? Yes, yes. We're not going to put walls in to say who can be part of which tribe because that's the particular place you belong. No, Jesus came to destroy, destroy the dividing wall of hostility. Whether you believe in private schooling, public schooling, roundabouts or traffic lights, you're all allowed in this new model of church. Yes, the Baird family is welcome to this particular church But my family is welcome at this church as well. (laughs) We are all well. This is a status that I did quite quite well in this. Anyway, I won't go on about that. The way I see it is a bit like Lego, because I love Lego. So I brought some blue Lego with me. So once upon a time, this was church, right? All people, but roughly the same. And then they're like, okay, looks so apparently some other people are interested in it, this whole church thing, so we'll just build a wall, and we'll put that there, and then the other people who are a bit interested in it, who are all sorts of different colours and shapes and weird things, they can go in this area. This is it, the, and then we're all we're all in it together. And Jesus is like, uh, no, I'm in the wall wrecking business, so we're going to remove this. And the Jews like, okay, was sorted. And God's like, no, uh, you need to do this as well, and kind of mix together, right? Because That's what it means to be a community. We're in the becoming one idea and finished, right? And that's how you play with Lego. No, that's not how you play with Lego, is it? You don't just put the pieces and leave them there as though that's going to sort itself out. Because, I mean, the Bible has a lot of metaphors it uses for the church. Sometimes you're called sheep. It's kind of a bit insulting, but yes, we're sometimes called sheep. Sometimes we're called the bride of Christ, sometimes we're called the sons of God, sometimes we're called branches, sometimes we're called body. Uh, today, we are being called rocks. And I kind of like that one, because the rock is quite a tough big dude, and I get quite insecure, but I'm a rock now as well. So you are rocks today, and what Jesus is saying to you in the, through Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, he's saying, can we go to the next verse for me here please? Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. And in him, you are being built together. So the vision here of a church is not just one where everyone's allowed to come, but one where people are being built together now Lego is really nice because it already comes preformed so the shapes are the right shapes and you just got to put the right shapes together and you get a thing at the end of it that's not how the people at Ephesus when they heard this would have thought they wouldn't have think through Lego okay this was a quite a long time ago Lego hadn't been invented yet travesty what did they do with their time I don't know Instead, when they were thinking of being built together, they were thinking of physical rocks. And the best and beautifulest buildings of the ancient world were made out of rocks. You could get mud bricks as well, but this isn't the sort of thing we're talking about when we're thinking temples. The beautiful buildings of the ancient world were built out of rocks, and rocks need to be broken apart. Rocks need to be chiseled and sanded and cracked and broken in order that they can one day fit together. I've got a couple of friends, right, who kind of just abandoned friends. I don't know if you've ever had any friends like this who just decided, I'm going to do life on my own for a bit. And when they came back and thought, oh, we've tried the alone thing for a few years and it turns out it's lonely, uh, so we're going to try and do friendship again, they had become some of the most opinionated people I'd ever met in my life. They knew the answers to everything and they were right about everything. And in some strange way, they had lost the ability to actually commune with other people. I don't know if you know anyone in your life. Maybe you're like this. You think you got all the answers, right? Because there's something about hanging out with other people that you start to knock off your sharp bits, with those kind of whacked out views that you start getting when you're in your alone in your bedroom at night time, and your head starts spinning to crazy places. And then you go and tell someone in the morning, go, no, that's crazy. Oh yeah, that is crazy. Thank you for that. And that bit kind of gets knocked off, right? And over time, you get broken and moved and changed so that you can, in fact, be built together. So the process of being built together is one where we need to be changed. We come as we are, but we're not left that way. Any rock is welcome, but once you're in part of this building program, you're going to need to be chiseled a bit. You know what I mean? To be broken a little bit. Those bits of you that are just all about you but won't help everyone else, they need to go. And the bits that will help you fit together, they become really strong. And the very skilled craftspeople were in the process of how to take a big block and turn it into something that perfectly fit together. And when this guy says, built together, the people at the time would have been looking at the buildings around them and going, oh, like that one. Like I've got a picture of a church, uh, an archway, sorry, in Ephesus. This dates to 40 AD, so this is when this letter would have been written, right? Look, I mean, just take a moment to look at the craftsmanship here. These are all blocks. There's no mortar there. And how many of those blocks are different sizes and shapes, right? Like, there's not a lot of uniformity going on here. The craftspeople are like, okay, we've got to make it fit together, but not every block has to be the same. In fact, an archway only works if the blocks are different. You can't build an archway if you use the same block for all of them. And this is what Paul is trying to make us think of, that as a church comes together, we all need to be different. We all need to be broken in little ways to kind of get those edges sharpened off and those bits sanded down so that we can fit together and in so doing become something beautiful. Beautiful. The best ancient buildings were built out of blocks. We don't do this much anymore. We use Lego. And so for us, if you're looking for an illustration of what we can become, we can become Lego Voltron. (laughs) If you were a fan of cartoons in the 80s, you will be frothing right now. I showed this to an old pastor mate a while ago, and he said that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen and the best illustration of the church I've ever seen as well. (laughs) That's what he said. Literally, it's like, because that's what we are. We're like this weird bunch of people that somehow get shoved together and become something greater than any one of us could ever be on our own. That's the vision for what a church is supposed to be. No walls. Now, we're breaking down the walls. We're in it together. We're not just fluffing around together. We're being built together. And then the verse... It doubles down because it doesn't go just so far just to say we're going to be built together. It has this other thing it says at the end of that passage. So you're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. I don't know how you're going with your life. I don't know if you're feeling dry or lonely. I don't know if you're feeling like God's just not coming through for you or he's not speaking particularly loudly. I don't know if you're finding it hard to do the Christian thing in all the elements of your life at the moment. It feels like just this compartmentalised thing you do sometimes, but the rest of the time you're doing something else. If you are feeling like God is not really alive in your life right now, you probably need to go where God lives. And where does God live? Where Christians are being joined together. That's where his. That's what he's saying, is where the dwelling in which God lives is in the building together of Christians. For me, Sundays are awesome. I also have a thing I do on Monday nights. It's called Touch Footy. Actually, it's called Rug Tag, but it's basically just Touch Footy. It's run at Dolly's Rocks Road. There's an oval there. A bunch of guys like me who are a bit too old to play sport get to go down there. And we play touch footy in a non-competitive environment. And then at halftime, we have a devotions. There's 20 teams that play. Maybe half of the people there believe in God. The other half don't. Um, or they've kind of had it come and gone. And then, But somehow, in that meeting together with Christian blokes on my team, and then talking at halftime, sometimes it's just like the guy who leads his name's Frank. He says, go to the person next to you. And ask them what's one tough thing that happened this week. And these, having blokes share about their mental health in the middle of a football game, and I come home and I'm a better human being for it. I feel more alive having encountered what God wants us to encounter in our life. My wife's a school teacher. She's a prep school teacher. I don't know how she does it. She's tired because it's reporting season at the moment, but the kids don't go away when it's reporting season. So you've got to keep teaching while doing all that stuff. And she was pretty shuddered. But yet on Friday night, she went out with her uh, girlfriends this little Christian group of girls that she's had been friends with for a number of years now and came home rejuvenated. She's a massive introvert, actually. Usually that would exhaust her. Uh, But she was super pumped to be alive, actually, tired. But somehow her spirit had been lifted because when you hang out with people and let them rub up against you and get built together, you become so much more. And in that place, God lives. If you're feeling down, This is saying to you, where are you meeting with people where God lives? If you've got nowhere else, just show up on Sunday. Proximity is the best way to build friendship. Showing up. Eventually someone will like you. Because you just didn't go away. (laughs) A famous three dudes, you probably know two out of the three, they're called the Inklings. Who comes up with a nickname for their group? That's so weird, but anyway. Um, one of these guys' names is Charles, I think his last name's Williams, the other two are J.R.R. R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, they were buddies, which is just kind of cool that they were buddies on some level, um, back at Oxford. Um, and sadly, I mean, they were friends for life, but sadly Charles um, died early. He wasn't, suppo- you know, he wasn't supposed to, they were supposed to be friends forever, but regrettably he passed away. And C.S. Lewis, who's very good at reflecting, like one of the best thinkers in the the modern world, was like, well, it's really sad, but on some level, at least I have Tolkien to myself now. And a whole new level of friendship I'm going to have with him because I I get to spend all the time with him and he's going to be my best mate and he's not going to be distracted by Charles anymore. They were great buddies, but he thought as sad as it was losing one, at least there's a bit of a silver lining to that cloud, right? I'm going to lose a friend, but at least I'll get to know my other friend even more deeply than I did before. And then over time, he realised he was wrong. He actually realised that he was missing out on a part of who Tolkien was. And he reflected, he said, it's like there's a part of Tolkien that only Charles could bring out of him. And in losing Charles, I have now lost a part of my friend. Imagine, I see my wife as she hangs out with different groups of people and I see a different Beck. And if she lost those friends, I would lose that Rebecca. It's a great quote here, if you can go to the next slide for me, Chris. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully out. If you want to become the fullest of who you can be, you need people around you to bring out each element of you. That is the same with God. To fully understand God, you can't do it on your own. You will get a good slice of the cake, maybe a, a really thick man slice you know of New York cheesecake. You get that big chunk. You don't get the whole cake if you're only doing God on your own. There are elements of who God is that can only be seen when you see other people responding to God. If it's just you and God, you can get a bit of God, but you don't see the whole cake. If you read the passages in the Bible where the angels are worshipping God, often they're saying it to each other. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Holy, oh, hey, angel, holy, holy is God, Right? The interpretation I've heard of this, I thought was quite clever, is it's because they're illustrating that in the sharing with each other of how great God is, they're both appreciating God ever more. And so if you are only going one direction, my faith is my own and the only way I express is it through Bible reading and prayer direct to God and there's no other people in my life for expression of that, you are missing out on hearing their expression of who God is and then they're doing missing out on the full picture of who God in fact is. So why should we bother? I mean, there's a verse in the Bible, I think it's Hebrews 10 something. It says, don't give up meeting together. And it's in there because people give up meeting together, right? We don't say that verse unless it must be a thing that happens. Because it's not fun all the time. Having to get broken and torn and split to try and fit together. It's sometimes like, oh, that person I was with was really annoying. Yes, you are becoming better because of it. You are understanding God better because of it. In that meeting, God lives there. Don't give up meeting together because you can too become Lego Vultron, right? You can too can become bigger and better than what you ever could be on your own. So as I wrap up, I've got four little thoughts for you just to consider. One, be on the lookout for exclusion. God wants no barriers between believers in your church, whatever element of the church that you're involved in, whether it be in a small group, in a youth group, on a Sunday, if you can see things where it's kind of like we've built a wall, be aware of that. Notice that. Simple things like having a mother's room that works is one of the most inclusive things that a church can do, right? Because that's the first thing a new mother looks for when they go to a church, right? And you might think it's extravagant to spend on that, but it's actually really, really inclusive. This is a thing you need to do. Having ramps so my son in a wheelchair can come, like you've got that, that is a massively beneficial thing that probably only benefited one or two people in the whole building today. But God is in the wall-breaking business and whatever is needed to be done to remove exclusion, we should be doing. Two, be wary of doing life alone or only with people like you. So sometimes we think we're being really good because we're hanging out with people all the time, but maybe just spend a moment every now and again and do a bit of a check of who your friendship circle is. And if they're all into the same things as you and kind of look like you, you're not really into them, you're just into you. And you've found people who reflect you back at you. It's not a bad idea. Just be aware of who it is that you do life with and make sure that it's not just you that you're in love with. Three, keep showing up. Proximity brings connection And that's where God lives. I know it's sometimes going to be hard, but don't give up. It will be worth it. And last, don't settle for a slice of God. Because when we experience God together, we can have the whole cake. You with me? Awesome. Let's pray. God, thank you for being a God of inclusion, a God that says... There is no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, nor free, that all of us can be children of God, members of your household. Thank you for accepting me. With all of my failures, God, thank you for saying I can be part of something that's not just me, that's bigger. God, I pray as we reflect on ourselves as a church, God, may we find a way to build us together, intentionally create ways that people can be included. If people that believe that God is real and that Jesus died for their sins and their sins have been paid for, God, may we include them. Regardless of what they look like, regardless of what their job is, regardless of their income status or their views on all sorts of interesting things, that is the same. God, let us be together. And God, on a personal level, challenge us to allow ourselves to be broken so that we can fit better together. Let us meet with people and be rubbed the wrong way occasionally, but let us have those sharp bits chopped off and the cracks put in so that we can become something stronger than we could ever be by ourselves. And God, lastly, thank you for being the ultimate rock that was cracked and broken so that we could be in community. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus that makes this possible. May we live in it today. Amen. Amen. Amen.